Hey, I'm Dr. Laura Berman, a sex and relationship therapist. And for the past three decades, I've been helping people learn how to love and be loved better. That's what we're doing here on The Language of Love, where I get to answer calls and emails from people just like you. My goal with The Language of Love is to help you discover more meaningful emotional and physical intimacy and to help you build more awareness of how precious and sacred your sexuality really is. Be sure to email me or reach out with your very own love, sex, relationship questions, and I might just answer them live on the air. It's time we all become fluent in the language of love. I'm so excited to share this guest with you. Um, His name is Robin Parrish. He's the co-founder of Ecstatic Dance LA. And you have probably seen me. I know people love to see me dance on social media, but you've probably seen me many times at Ecstatic Dance because I often film a little bit while I'm there. But Robin is not only the co-founder, he has a background in education, performing arts, music as a profession. He's all about transformation, which, you know, I'm all about as well, and does a lot of different transformational experiences or transfotainment, as I like to call it, which is all I'm interested in doing or creating these days. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Robin. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. (laughs) So I kind of came up and stalked you a little bit, but I mean, not that you're not very open and friendly. I started, my friend introduced me to ecstatic dancing. I didn't realize it, but I am an ecstatic dancer by nature. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I was just joking with my youngest, who's now 16, and we were cracking up about how whenever my husband would leave the house, I don't know why we would, probably because he would have been, he would be traumatized if I, for something about him leaving the house, it was probably because the the boys Mm -hmm. I had, you know, they were 14 months apart, would get nervous when one of us left. So I was probably trying to like make it exciting and they loved being naked. So every time their dad would leave, I'd say naked dance party. And we'd put on the music and we'd all start dancing around by ourselves. And Anytime we were anxious or they were upset about something, we'd dance it out. And I still dance it out. But I'd never been to an organized ecstatic dance before. And my girlfriend had told me about it, but I was still so deep in the beginning of my morning and in the shock bubble and didn't even have energy to get to the beach, much less dance. But when I finally did, I loved it. It is So I'm going to let you describe what it is. And I went like repeatedly, probably six times in a row until I started traveling and, and life. I'm getting out. I'm going to start going again, but I had to stop for a while. But I cornered you and said, I want you to come on and talk about the power of dance. But first, talk about what exactly ecstatic dance L.A. is like what what this thing is that I've been doing that people are so curious about. Thank you. And I'm glad you stalked me because I'm glad we can have a conversation about it, because actually at ecstatic dance, you don't talk on the dance floor. It's no. one of the guidelines. It's a more of a feeling experience. It's a more of connecting to yourself experience. So uh, loosely, ecstatic dancers, some people might have heard the phrase or the name of it. It's a freeform dance experience. And by freeform, we mean um, you can move however you want to move. And it's funny in ways because we use the, the word dance is in there, but it's it's not dance as how we think of it. It's not choreographed dance. It's mm-hmm. not learning dance moves. It's to me, the, the ecstatic dance has become more of a, a phrase as a permission slip for mm-hmm. you to take some time to yourself and just enjoy this journey of enjoying music, 
and knowing that you're in a collective experience, a community experience where you can move and dance and, you know, flow however you want, but it's really up to you how, how it looks and feels. Um, so there's the only direction is really uh, from the music, which will start sort of slow and steady and build an intensity and have lots of genres and hopefully emote lots of emotions in you as, as a music can do. And the framework for the, the ecstatic dance floor or the experience is that it's a drug and alcohol free experience, which mm -hmm. is probably the most important guideline. Yeah. I'd say yeah. that sets the boundaries for one, the tone of the experience, which is intentionality and, and consciousness. Like, <laughs> Conscious, exactly. Consciousness. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so having that plane where we're all, okay, we're all sober, you know, clear headed in this experience. So you go through this process of moving and dancing. And the reason why the other guideline is to take words out of the experience is because words are amazing, but they can also be limiting. Mm -hmm. We can also try to, we're kind of living this life experience and kind of interpreting at the same time being, oh, here's a door. I'm going to walk through the door. Right. Oh, I'm walking through the door now. It's like, what, what is that voice that's kind of always commenting or narrating? So the experience in itself gives you this opportunity to sort of just be with yourself and see how you're feeling. And often, unfortunately, can be uncomfortable for us to actually, mm -hmm. you know, how many of us we're so used to thinking and going on this problem solving, you know, down the route of this problem solving mind that sometimes we're actually a bit disconnected from our bodies and how we feel. Yeah. No wonder because no wonder because we're probably in pain or subtle levels of yeah. pain. So yeah. the thinking and the busyness helps to kind of mask that. So it can be very uncomfortable when you first start, especially if you're sort of insecure or in, in your mind about how, how you look, but. Um, and then you so, realize no one's looking at you. That's it. <laughs> Which that's I love. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's just doing their own thing. So let me just set the stage for a minute yes. because yes. this, I don't, we, this has been happening on Venice beach. Okay, at sunset, like right before sunset, as the yep. sun is two hours before the sun is setting, yep. there is a DJ. You have a different DJ every time. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets the you know remote headphones, so it's like a silent ecstatic dance. So, and there, are, I mean, usually when I've gone, there are at least seventy-five people, and nobody dances together. Although I love your rule that you can kind of someone can approach you, although no one ever, I never really see other than people who come together. I never really see people approaching each other, but you can approach someone. And if you don't want them to dance with you, or you don't want to dance with you, you just kind of make the prayer position with, mm -hmm. with your palms, but you don't, there's no talking really, although you can go off and talk to your friend if you don't feel like mm -hmm. dancing, but yep. in the dance arena, there is no talking and you go into your own little world. And what I love about it, which is what I love about the, you know, I'm always teaching about this on social media and on this show, this idea of embodiment. And, you know, this is something that I've worked with my whole life as a recovering codependent and also someone who struggles with a lot of anxiety and often didn't want to be in her body. At least it, I didn't know that consciously, but I didn't. And I'm also a big intellectualizer. So I think a lot. And that's where I also, you know, it's been a big part of my strength in life. But as a result, I never cultivated being in my body. And I didn't really understand or learn the importance of that until I had breast cancer 10 years ago. And a coach slash really good friend of mine, when I, who's a, you know, a badass, when I told her I had breast cancer, her first response was, well, no shit. You let the whole world suck off your tits, metaphorically. You're never home. You know, of course you were going to get breast cancer. So that was a big wake up call. And I got much more committed to staying home and grounding myself. And that's what ultimately led to my book, Quantum Love and everything else. But 
I didn't realize how much further I could go until I went through the loss of my son, where I knew that if I didn't stay home in my body and move this stuff through me, I was going to get really sick. Like, I don't even want to say it, but like, I knew I was not going to stay healthy if I didn't move that. You're right. It's not pleasant and often. But the unpleasantness, and this is why I think it's so important that you do this for two hours, even though it seems like a long time, if you get tired, you can sit down. Like you can basically sit there the whole time if you want to and tap your toe. Doesn't matter. But what I like about it is that, you know, and I'm always preaching this, an authentic emotion, if you continue moving physically, an emotion is energy in motion. And so if you allow yourself to move it through you, which just basically means giving up the resistance and moving how your body wants to move. Then it only takes a few minutes for that emotion to pass through you. So, yeah, you know, you might cry for a minute or what I often end up doing is like stomping the crap out of the ocean Mm. in anger or like emotions will come out. You move them out. No one's looking. The music is like carrying you away and then you keep going. And so instead of just like feeling the emotion, you continue moving through it. So by the end of the two hours, you're, you really are ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really glad you put it like that because sometimes think with the name ecstatic, they think, oh, it's going to just be joyful. And Hey, why is the music not just upbeat all the yeah. time? It's like, no, we need to come sometimes go into those darker places. And, and you're right. The real transformative moments and the ecstatic feeling is when you maybe face an emotion that was so challenging Mm -hmm. and you've been resisting it so much. And like you said, so well, you, you go through it or you feel it and you, you go into it head on. And then suddenly it it transmutes just like bringing awareness into it, just brings it into the light. And once it's into the light, it evaporates, it just transmutes. So, uh, so you're so right. And that's why we call it a practice. And it really came out of, there are conscious dance practices, Mm -hmm. which are sometimes more meditative Mm -hmm. kind of led uh, experiences or even ones where you go deep into shadow work, where you put a blindfold on, for example, and you're really held space and you're encouraged to shake it out and those types of things. So these practices are a part of ecstatic dance, but ecstatic dance is more kind of a conscious dance playground, we like yeah. to call it. So yeah. you can bring in your different, whatever, wherever you're feeling it, it can be just light and celebratory. And that's a wonderful when you have those dances or, or it can be the deeper, darker, sort of more shamanic transformational experiences that you have too. Yeah. But it's, but at, like, like it, it is a practice. And once you have these experiences on the dance floor, you, you, you take it home. You, you, you realize actually, you realize where maybe you are disconnected or, or like you said, sometimes it takes five to, to 15 minutes to, to shake it out. And once you, that thing where you face a fear and you go through it, you do get stronger. Absolutely. So and you realize other- that wasn't so bad and I feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it comes in waves. Yeah. And it's not going to take me over and I'm not going to stay stuck here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love how you said in one of your what we were just discussing before, you said that it turns off the narrator. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because for so many of us, myself included, historically, I would try to think my way out of my feelings. And that not only keeps you more stuck, but it also keeps it keeps you from healing in a way. So I'm a talking doctor who at this point in my career am doing as much not talking and about energy and being in your body and feeling your the sensations and recognizing where that somatically is felt and the power and the healing that comes with literally moving your body so it releases the energy of the emotions. And it's hard to do that if your narrator is on. So turning the narrator off not only means 
that you stop being self-conscious. You're not even aware, really. I mean, maybe for the first five minutes, you're like, what the hell am I doing? And there is, let's just say, good people watching there because some of the characters that come are in these like amazing twirly skirts and symbols and, you know, people get really into it. And that's actually fun to watch. Or at first you feel a little self-conscious, but that very quickly disappears because A, you realize no one's looking and B, it, it just, you really get into it. And I, and I've watched, I've seen, there's no one that doesn't get into it. And I've taken a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm, before we're done talking, I've decided that on my birthday, that's what I'm going to make my kids and my friends do with me. Cause my birthday's <laughs> on a Sunday when you have ecstatic yeah. dancing in LA. So I'm going to come ecstatic dance on my birthday (laughs) and that I'm going to make them all come and they'll be uncomfortable at first. But Mm -hmm. then you get into it. And when you turn that narrator off, it's like that I have a chapter in my book that is turn your brain off so your mind can work. You know, it it turns that off so that your body can kind of take over Mm -hmm. and release what it needs to release, which Mm -hmm. I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because. Also, there's an element of getting into flow state. We can get so used to thinking our way through life, and mm-hmm. but maybe we're not actually having the the we're feeling disconnected because we might not actually be connected. Sometimes we can have an experience that we're like, I've been wanting this experience to happen so long. Why am I not as connected as I used to? Because we're not used to it. We're out of practice. Mm-hmm. We're so this the minds are incredible tools, incredible tools. But and in in a sense, you can see in our society too how disconnected we are from our very planet, you know, just how we treat our animals and the planet. And in a sense, there's a kind of relationship to that. The mind, we, we might never find peace in the mind, but if you go to any, any meditation practice, any spiritual practice, it all often will, will go to the body. Mm -hmm. And there's been some, and the breath, which is part of the body, the breath. Exactly. So you can't think and sort of be breathing and tuning into your body at the same time. So in that sense, we become, we strengthen that witness aspect of us that can sense when emotions are coming up. So even in our lives, when we actually then go through even deeper challenges, we have, we are better equipped Mm -hmm. because one on the ecstatic dance floor where, where, you know, things change things, we're suddenly feeling great. And then if we're feeling terrible, what we, we go through that motion. So in, in life, we have a sense of being able to, to stay present and and also, not everything can be fixed from the mind. In fact, if we're in a fearful state and we're making choices out of fear, mm-hmm. honestly, that's going to continue to sow fear into our lives. Yeah. So it's not to say that we feel love when we're in our bodies, but we can actually drop into maybe a deeper intelligence that's actually rooted in our body, that's actually deeper in our, you know, however long we've been on this planet. So there's a lot of intelligence in the body that sometimes isn't felt or taught because we might not know how to teach it because it's so abstract. But ecstatic dance give you the, gives you the tools. And then it's because it's not led, you yourself lead it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you realize that, hey, I was going through this challenge. and I really wanted to speak to my friend. But because we're going through this experience where you don't speak, you move it through. I moved it through and I got myself through it. And I think yeah. especially- I don't need to talk like, about it anymore. <laughs> right? And yeah. for us ourselves to take ourselves through it, then that's, that's a whole other level of healing and I self-healing. And, and then we can help others- we can be bridges then for other people to be able to access. And sometimes people come and the experience of dance and they don't even dance. They just witness it. Mm-hmm. And they witness people being freely expressed. And they come and tell, tell us how much that inspires and influences them in, in themselves. I've noticed that I've noticed some people, you know, everybody who walks by, who doesn't know what's going on, like tourists are like, what the hell is happening? And that's always kind of mm-hmm. funny, but I also see people watching just in awe. You know, I can see 
that it's deeply affecting them to see almost a hundred people moving in tandem, but all totally in their own worlds and doing different things. And I think it's also, there's also just the physical, it's exercise. It it releases all kinds of dopamine. You feel great afterwards. But, you know, I'm always saying that the body is the bridge to the soul. Like that's how our soul communicates with us. And I just think it's such a beautiful way for people to make that connection and to clear. And you're right, it is like a muscle that as you practice this, then it kind of translates to your day-to-day life when you're not on the beach at sunset dancing. But how would you say, because I know you guys have Ecstatic Dance LA, I know you do it, you've done, or they have Ecstatic Dance in different cities. Is it all part of the same organization or is it different? First of all, we're, we're connected as, as a practice, just like, you know, maybe when yoga started, mm-hmm. we'll have you different studios, different people would practice yoga. So um, what makes a true ecstatic dance, at least this form of ecstatic dance that we're following is those three guidelines of the no drugs and alcohol, uh, no talking, and then also no photography or mm-hmm. video on the dance floor, mm-hmm. ideally. So that's what we all follow. So if people are actually tuning in and they would like to, you know, maybe find an ecstatic dance close to them, ecstaticdance.com is a nonprofit website. It's a free listed website where people can host their own. Dances. Oh, cool. So we're yeah. still as a community, we're still quite young, you know, in early 2000s, it started in Hawaii and then brought got over by um, Tyler Blank and Donna Carroll to Oakland, where they have a really big ecstatic dance. Yeah. And, and now we're practicing all over the world. And I so think it it's is, so cool. Yeah. And if you don't want to join, I will say this, the old me would have been like, okay, I'll do it via Skype at home by myself where no one can see yep. me. And there are some benefits to that. And I want to ask you mm-hmm. how someone might be able to do this for themselves if either they don't live in a place where there is an ecstatic dance group, although pretty much every city has one, I'm guessing, or they just really consider themselves not a group person. But before I say that, I will say yep. that there is a collective energy that is worth bathing in. That's it. In the group. Mm -hmm. If you can, you know, and you, and I promise no one's looking at you and it's so good to get out of your comfort zone that, that way, first of all, but also to bathe in the collective energy. But if you're not ready for that, or you want to just to try it on your own, what would you recommend? Thank you. Yeah. A couple of things. If you wanted to try the online version since, since the pandemic, that's where we, we all jumped online and a lot of different dancers jumped online. So now there are which weren't happening previously, ecstatic dances online, where it might be more of a facilitated experience where you can see others, you can turn your camera on and off. But just getting to the the basic, because we've been doing ecstatic dance in forms for thousands of years when, you know, what we could call it ecstatic dance. Maybe our ancestors would dance around the Mm -hmm. fires and Mm -hmm. have that same primal experience. So really the ultimate, but we've, we've mentioned that word embodiment with this. So I think even for your, for someone practicing at home, maybe just try putting, you know, three songs or something like that and just start and just go through, just have the music. The music's there just to inspire. You can do it without music if you if you like, but, and just start with the, the practice, maybe start it as a meditation, start tuning into your breath and your energy field and just every breath you're taking, even if the music's going on, you're bringing more and more presence, more consciousness into, into the room, into your body. And just, even though that mind, that narrator might start to say, Hey, you're doing it wrong. This isn't it, blah, blah, blah. Watch that. My mentor would say, move that. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, what do you mean move that? He's like, move that voice. I'm like, what do you mean move it? He's like, move. How would it move? (laughs) And then, then I would start maybe like my arm would move and I'm not thinking, Oh, I'm going to move my arm here. I'm just like, Oh, this, this, 
voice, this analytical voice is driving me nuts. So then I start maybe like shaking a little bit. I'm like, oh, that kind of feels good. And then I start maybe doing some stretching or some Tai Chi and just, just like a meditation practice, just keep bringing presence. Whenever that voice comes in saying, you're not doing it right. This is silly. You're, you know, whatever it, move, move it and shake it and challenge yourself. Just challenge yeah. that voice and just, just be aware of it. Go into a highly compassionate space and then also move in ways that feels good. Like I find myself doing kind of like Tai Chi movements mm-hmm. on the dance floor where I start to maybe roll my shoulders because I'm kind of massaging. I my do body. that so, too. And mine, and I get yeah. my nonlinear hip. Mo- I try to do nonlinear hip movements every yeah. day because I think it's so important mm-hmm. for creative yeah. expression mm-hmm. and divine mm-hmm. feminine and releasing yep. emotions and flexibility in my back. But I will do that for like 10 songs where I'm just literally moving my Mm -hmm. hips in a figure eight in different directions. Yep. And it feels so good. Yeah. Just allow allow ourselves to to feel good. And I mean, I think a lot of us are shut down in our bodies for all sorts of reasons. And, you know, if you speak to trauma therapists, they do say that we hold Mm -hmm. trauma in different parts of the body. We do. so unless we really take time to get embodied, that that will manifest in disease if we don't clear it or get to it or bring it into consciousness. So it's not about even you don't even if you've got a bad knee or something and you bring your attention to your knee. It's not about trying to fix it, but just that intelligence that that in, attention is bringing so much intelligence, so much life intelligence. Then let nature connect with nature and allow nature do, to do healing on your body, you know? So in a way we become our much more energetically sensitive and yeah. we can feel, we can feel maybe, unfortunately we're in, on, often in a subtle, especially these days for a lot of mm-hmm. people in a bit of a fear state. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, that does equal not good health. So yeah. if we are ultimately wanting to feel good in our bodies, we might have to go through this kind of like, you know, kind of abstract uh, dance move experience, but just throw anything you think about dance or you as a dancer out the window. It's not about dance. It's your own experience to connecting to yourself. Yeah. It's just moving, letting your body. I always feel like it's letting my body lead. If I stop yep. thinking and I let my body and I ground myself in my body. And I'm always teaching them how to take a deep breath through the top of your head, ground through your tailbone. If you do that and you just kind of even scan your body from the inside, you know, run your consciousness over your body and you find a hitch or a tight spot or whatever, and you just put your conscious awareness there, your body will be like, oh, hello, thank you for giving me some attention. Let me perk up and move or shake or cry or whatever wants to happen. So mm-hmm. it is, I, I think it's a really beautiful and mandatory practice for anyone who wants to be emotionally and physically healthy to, to be embodied. And I love the ecstatic dance thing because it's such a fun and beautiful collective way to do that. And I agree with you that the, you know, we all, we're always saying the opposite of love is fear. And it's not just the fear about moving or dancing or what other people will think or what might happen if I step into this feeling It's going to take me over. But any decision, I always say this, any decision made from fear is a bad one. It just is. And when you're in fear, you can't see the possibilities because literally neurologically, your prefrontal cortex is shut down when you're afraid and your amygdala is taken over. And the prefrontal Mm -hmm. cortex is what sees possibilities. So you can't solve fear with the thinking mind, because you're not thinking straight. <laughs> your amygdala is thinking, not, yeah. not the rest yeah. of your brain. So that's another reason why I think there's even more of a reason to move when you're oh, yeah. afraid. And yeah. the whole world is afraid right now for yeah. lots of different reasons. So I think we need this more than ever. Yeah. 
I, yeah, you said something so important there about, you know, activating the different parts of the brain too. What, are we really fully activated as human beings? Like, you know, if we really take a look at that, we, we might realize that we're not. And so there's this kind of holistic element when, when you tap into not only your body, but then now we weren't always dancing outside. It's actually been such a gift that we have oh, been dancing so outside nice. since the pandemic, because not only are you going through this own personal experience where you might not have seen people for a while then even though we're at a safe distance is still you know kind of healthy to see people around yeah and then when you're connecting with the sunset so we were doing we were very cautious as to when we restarted we were obviously on zoom for a long time and then when it felt comfortable to start or it felt safe we started in small groups and just having that element of not only moving our bodies and being around people again even though the, the pandemic was really you know it's it was very challenging for a lot of people and then then you're witnessing the sunset and suddenly mm. we're standing just as human beings, primal beings on the sunset. And even though, yes, we're in 2021 or 2020, we'll kind of, our mind was out. There was also another element of us that was timeless yeah. being like, oh my goodness. And grounding we're, in the sand, the yeah. ancient sand that was once rocks and That's yeah, it. all of it. Like, and I can't help but sometimes going through the extended dance experience and not feel into the miracle of life just as it is, or mm -hmm. the gratitude that I can even move even one moment at a time. And sometimes mm -hmm. it, it's challenging on the dance floor, but I can hold space for myself. And then I, I move and I might do a different dance move and go, you know, go somewhere else. And um, it's just, it's helped me in, in life generally. And something that I think is beautifully symbolic about the ecstatic dance floor too. It's like, you do you, yeah. you do your expression. I'm going to be here doing my expression. I'm fully supporting you doing yours. And that just creates this beautiful atmosphere where we're so supportive of each yeah, other. And, and accepting. And, Mm -hmm. And I feel that carries over into life as well as like our dance move is how you live your life, how you choose to live your life. And it's so beautiful that we have this experience of kind of a unity experience on the dance floor. So we know what that feels like, because maybe in our everyday lives, we're not feeling that. No, and especially the longer we these go, days. Mm -hmm, especially that. And the longer we go not feeling that unity feeling, we forget that it's even a possibility. So for us to have these moments of unity in ways on the dance floor waking up i think is is essential for us to remember and, and keep that keep that energy alive and not only that but to grow it in the world that people yeah. can feel welcome that people can feel whatever even though they feel they might however insecure you are it's like your life is your dance move how are you going to do it you know yeah how are you going to dance through your life and i agree <laughs> yeah. i think there's you know mm -hmm. but if you're not near or you know a group just and you're even if you're not near the beach go yeah. and put on your earphones and stand on a patch of grass Yep. you know, yep. and move your mm -hmm. body. But there is something really gorgeous. I love that you guys are doing it in nature because yep. that adds so much feeling you because your senses come alive too. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. feeling the breeze on your skin and yep. smelling yep. the ocean and, you know, mm -hmm. all your senses are alive. And so you're no longer doing it. You were doing it twice a week on Wednesdays mm -hmm. and Sundays. Now you're just doing it on Sundays at 3.30 for the winter. Correct. Yes, okay. it gets a little cooler. And so we're just doing Sundays right now, but also we'll start. So we used to do a conscious dance workshops followed by dance as well. So then you will actually have facilitators come in and they do different workshops that might help give you tools to connect ah. to your body. So one of them, uh, my co-producer, Tassier, he does this incredible modality called Dancing Freedom, where he guides you. You actually go through the elements. So the first, you know, the first element is earth and you'll mm -hmm. be very like, earthing and grounding and very slow meditative music and he'll encourage you to maybe roll on the ground or 
touch uh, the I'm earth, so in for that. <laughs> and, then, and then we step into water and water has a lot of symbology with relationships and you're down in your sacral area. So a lot of kind of twirling movement, flowing movement, helping you to get into your sensuality. Then you step into the fire and the fire, we build this whole ring and you're meant to a, a circle with everyone dancing around and you can throw things in the fire that you want to transmute any prayers, any yeah. challenges you, and the collective experience and, you know, is throwing that all into the fire and the music and the drums are increasing. And then you go into air, which is much, much more flowy, that release after the fire. And then finally ether, which is really opening up your crown chakra, connecting to the, you to the universe. So you go from, you, you can see the se sequences. Oh, uh, tell me yeah. when, and when is that? We'll, we'll do, we'll do, yeah, just keep following us on I Instagram, will. Ecstatic Dance LA and our newsletter and we'll, we'll start to announce those. I think maybe on Saturdays we're going to start because it's a bit cooler when we're dancing yeah. outside. So usually winters would be our busiest season when we were dancing indoors, but it, it's still, you know, that question of whether we're going indoors. People are wimps yeah, though. Who cares? You get so sweaty and it's not like it's oh, yeah. Arctic <laughs> out there. It's 70 <laughs> degrees for God's sake, but That's people right. get yeah. silly mm -hmm. about the wind. The LA people get, you know, they're wimps about the winter. I think you should be outside all the time we're but gonna keep it going through the year for sure i love all of that and i think follow them and and they can go to the website right ecstatic ecstatic dance, dance la, LA. Mm -hmm. there is also um ecstatic dance.com if you're also looking they have a few other dances on there too so we're we're still growing as a community and i think i think this will be more and more regarded as the next sort of health and wellness modality because it really helps you get into flow state yeah just as just as yoga was new ones and meditation i feel like the three of them together yoga meditation and then some form of freeform dance that's it that's my freedom. routine mm -hmm. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <it>. my routine <laughs> i love it thank you so so much for the work that you're doing in the world and he's a wonderful i love when you MC it too because he does these little meditations in the start and finish you come by it it's not just the british accent your voice is very soothing and you come by it very authentically so thank you i really appreciate you thank you for all you do and i hope you enjoyed learning some more maybe you'll try it out even if you're just in your closet dancing to one song see how good it feels when you start getting back into your body or into your body maybe for the first time and really moving it. And remember that pressure valve I'm always talking to you about. You're not opening up the whole Pandora's box. You're just releasing the pressure valve and you'll feel so much better and lighter as you do that, I promise. So keep me posted on your thoughts on this episode and anything else you wanna learn about on the language of love. I'll see you next time. 